0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Joining me right now out in Vegas, Sin City, from the Chiefs Digest is Matt Derrick. Matt, Al Cintron on the fan, how are you? I am doing fairly well on a Saturday night. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So I'm finally excited for the game I've had it with the overkill in terms of watching the shows, talking about the same thing. So I figured i have you on since you deal with the team closely. What is the feel around this team heading into tomorrow?
2: Um, this team uh, seems like pretty relaxed and pretty comfortable throughout this week. Um, it doesn't uh, feel like the, this, this group's phase at all whatsoever. I mean, there's so many members of the team who have plenty of Super Bowl experience. So. Nothing this week has really surprised them. I mean, they've been through it all before, and this whole season has really been, you know, fairly unique. I mean, last time that the Chiefs had a chance to try and repeat, you know, the the run it back scene with all that they talked about the entire season. Um, that hasn't been the case this year. I mean, I think it's been a little, just much more focused on trying to take care of business, and that's the way that they have been all week
1: too. Now, do the, the Chiefs? Because it seems like they, they feel disrespected. Do you get that feeling that they feel disrespected?
2: You know, it's hard to say if they necessarily feel disrespected, but they
1: definitely feel like that they're
2: the underdog. And uh, you didn't really get the message of anybody this week saying, "Hey, you know, um, this is this team's been to four going to the four Super Bowl in five years and has been the six straight AFC Championship games. How can how can they be an underdog?" But they're definitely taking it as a as them versus the world kind of a, a proposition and. And that's how they this group. I mean, especially guys like Mahomes and Kelsey really sometimes draw their energy. So I don't know if it's a they nobody's really said the disrespect word, but they've embraced the idea of being the underdog and being the villain and are trying to take that motivation.
1: I noticed Brett dropped the point today. It was two and a half, now it's one and a half. Um, if the Chiefs and Andy Reid win the Super Bowl, can you see Andy Reid walking away?
2: I'd still be very surprised, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we asked him about it specifically, uh, you, know, he, you know, he said, hey, I'm old, but I'm not that old. And everybody that I talk to that's close to Andy Reid doesn't think that he would walk away at this point, that things are just going too well. Everything's rocking and rolling. He's got his quarterback. He's got the, the, all the horses around him. He's got the organization just the way he wants it. You know, why would he walk away like this when everything is going so great? Uh, The people I talk to, I mean, everybody really seems to feel like that he's got at least you know three, four, five years left before he would hang him up. And you know, in five years he'd be seventy years old. That would I think make a lot more sense than hanging him up right now at sixty-five. I I mean, I know Andy's got some other interests, you know, mostly his grandchildren and things like that. But I I know this guy still loves football and he still loves teaching and he loves coaching. So I don't know. I'd be I'd be very surprised if he walked away if he won this one.
1: Listen, if Patrick Mahomes was my quarterback, you'd have to put me on my deathbed on the field. Out for, uh, I wouldn't walk away. That's for damn sure. What's been the fa- What's the fan split out like there, percentage-wise, Chiefs to 49 ers fans?
2: Um, it is heavily 49ers. There is no doubt about it. I haven't been to any event this week where there haven't been more 49ers fans than Chiefs fans. So uh, I know Chiefs fans can be loud, and we'll, we'll see how big the home of the Chiefs is at the end of the national anthem from Reba tomorrow night. Um, but I'm expecting this to be a pre pro-49ers crowd. I mean, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I said, look, I mean, if this ends up being 80-20 49ers fans, that might be a, a- I mean, the best that Chiefs fans can do. And I don't know if it's necessarily Super Bowl fatigue or it's the fact that it's just an easier trip for 49ers fans and, and maybe there's more here, then we'll make it to the game on Sunday. But um, there's no doubt. I mean, everywhere I've been, there's more 49ers jerseys than Chiefs jerseys for sure.
1: I think it's a little of both. I mean, you have to be a bazillionaire to be able to go to all these Super Bowls, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, uh, AFC Championship games, all these Super Bowls. Um, after after a while, you start having a hole in your pocket.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I even talked to some of the family, uh, to some people who are, their families in the organization, uh, about whether they were coming up for this trip. And they were like, you know what? Some of them aren't making it. Uh, because they said, hey, we've already made our trips. We've had a, you know, a couple of chances already. We'll let somebody else go in the family or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it is. It is definitely you know something that um it, you're right i mean they've had a fans have had a lot of odd opportunities and and at first it was such a novelty because this organization hadn't been in a super bowl in 50 years so going to the super bowl was a i mean just a once in a lifetime event well now it's becoming a once every you know year or two event, so uh it doesn't have maybe the same novelty that it once did And I and that'd be part of it and like i said it's even you can even see it in the organization too
1: what do you feel is the key to the Super Bowl for the Chiefs to pull this one out? Yeah, I mean, I think there's really
2: two keys. Um, one, offensively, is absolutely just playing their game. They, they can't make mistakes. This, this team, offensively, is not good enough to overcome turnovers. They can't overcome bad penalties. They can't overcome drops. If they can avoid those types of mental miscues, um, this offense can get the job done. It's not as high-powered as it once was. But if they can avoid turnovers and avoid mistakes, they can consistently move the ball downfield. They can convert field goals. I mean, they may not get touchdowns every single time, but they can put points up on the board. Um, Defensively, their strategy is going to be very simple. It's win on first and second down, stop Christian McCaffrey, force the 49ers into third and long situations, and then tee off on Brock Purdy. They truly feel that if they can get you know the 49ers into third and long, that they can create turnovers, they can create big plays, and, and put pressure on Purdy and put the game on his shoulders. And if they're able to do that, then, yeah, I mean, I think defensively the Chiefs could have a good day.
1: See, I think the Ravens let him off the hook two weeks ago uh, by not playing smash-mouth football. I think they panicked. And I think if the Chief, if the 49ers are able to run the ball successfully, I think it's going to be a closer game. If the Niners, If the Chiefs... Lockdown down Christian McCaffrey. I think the Chiefs win this game easily.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on what the Ravens did. I was perplexed that, that they got away from the run game and they didn't stick with it because it was winning. But, you know, they get down by a score, and I think they got out of their game plan. I don't think the 49ers will do that. I think they'll stick with the run, which to me just makes it even more imperative that the, the Chiefs have to be prepared for Christian McCaffrey. They have to be prepared for, for Debo Samuel, and, and I think they are. I mean, you know, talking with Joe Cohen, their defensive line coach, uh, the other day, uh, he, he stressed just the importance of you know, maintaining gap integrity and how important it is. And, and when I brought up Christian McCaffrey, he pivoted immediately and talked about even the defensive line role and trying to slow down Debo Samuel and making sure that, you know, he doesn't get away and have big plays out of the backfield on those jet sweeps. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different pieces that you have to watch for in that 49ers group. And and even though the Chiefs have struggled at times against the run, given Steve Spagnuolo two weeks to figure out a riddle for this 49ers offense, I'm going to bet on Steve Spagnuolo.
1: I agree with you and give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare and you're in trouble. Um, Chief Super Bowl MVP, not named Mahomes. I know it's, you could say Kelsey, but who do you see if it's not Mahomes being the Chief Super Bowl MVP?
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll even rule out Kelsey too. Um, offensively, I think the, the maybe the sleeper pick might be Rasheed Rice. He's been had such a good year as a rookie. Um, I could certainly see him, you know, getting a surprise touchdown or two. Uh, if there's a lot of attention on Kelsey, and, and defensively, I think mean, there's a lot of different choices, but. I think you just have to go with Chris Jones. I mean, the guy, um, he's got a million-dollar bonus on the line if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl tomorrow. And we saw how he played chasing a bonus in Week 18 with a $1.25 million bonus on the line for picking up one sack. He he chased around after the quarterback like a man possessed all afternoon. Um, Chris with a bonus is is like a dog with a bone. So I'm not going to bet against Chris Jones whatsoever.
1: And speaking of Chris Jones, because I have a child, a friend of mine, childhood friend of mine, lifelong Chiefs fan. His name is Donnie. He wanted me to ask you, how do uh, will Snead and Jones be back on this team next year?
2: Boy, that is the million dollar question. And, you know, the Chiefs would love to keep them both. I don't see how cap wise, economics wise, they can afford to. And everybody I've talked to is really torn on it. I mean, the organization's pretty tight lipped about what they want to do, but you got a choice. You know, it's do you go with the, the unicorn, really, which is Chris Jones, you know, even though he's in his 30s now and going to be older and you got to worry about injuries and breaking down? Or do you go with the young guy? The guy who's still, you know, ending up with his rookie contract and is still young. And you got to believe he you know, can be productive for the next few years in Snead. It's a tough one. I mean, I think they have a better chance of keeping LeJarrius Snead than Chris Jones. Um, if I had to bet, I, I think Snead stays and Chris is probably the one that leaves.
1: And why is Kadarius Tony even on this trip? <laughs>
2: well chiefs don't give up on guys and remember they still have tony under control for one more year 2.5 million guaranteed and i see no signs whatsoever that they're ready to walk away i mean they feel like that they still can make him into a productive player i'm not so sure about that i'm not sold on that Um, but they still feel like the talent is there and they can they can resurrect something out of it so um, I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow, but uh, he's still somebody that they've got an eye on for the 24 season. I think that they can, they can squeeze something out of him. Uh, I say good luck, but and I, I'm, I'm sure your Giants fans are the same way. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say the same thing. I know a bunch of Giant fans that are like, eh, good luck with that.
2: <laughs> now- yeah, I don't know if it's going to work, but they're going to try to.
1: Uh, Jared McKinnon, is he going to play tomorrow?
2: If he does, I mean, I think it's going to be just a, a miracle. I mean, July, January second, he had surgery for a core muscle injury that usually takes six to eight weeks. He had a fractured pelvis in that injury too. Oh. I've been believing all along that this might just be a red herring. It's just been a way to uh, maybe get him some, you know, scout team looks, and uh, maybe just to make the Forty ers you know, really spend some time paying attention to him. But, you know, remember, I mean, he was kind of a Super Bowl hero last year, you know, sliding to the ground in church mode rather than scoring a touchdown near the end of the game, to to run out the clock. And Chiefs always said all along, you know, they owe something to to Jerick McKinnon for that. So maybe they're going to squeeze him in tomorrow just to to pay him back. Maybe this is just activating him as a way to reward him for last year. I don't know. But um, with that injury and that surgery he's coming off of, if he plays tomorrow, I mean, it is going to be a miracle.
1: Yeah, that's a brutal one to try to play football in. (laughs) Now, two more for me. I saw that you felt the same way I did about Joe Flacco winning Comeback Player of the Year over Demar Hamlin. Um, We on the same page with that? Like, what a disgrace that was!
2: Yeah, there's a lot of people unhappy with me about that one, but I thought it. I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was just absolutely perplexed on that one.
1: Uh,
2: I mean, Joe Flacco. Hey, it was it was impressive that he came in off the street, off the couch, um, and played decently in five games, nine (laughs) touchdowns, eight interceptions, isn't exactly MVP material. Uh, But, I mean, DeMar Hamlin died on the field. Exactly. I mean, and I felt the same way I did about Alex Smith a few years ago, which was if Alex Smith just even walked back on the field and Uh took a a rep, then then retire the award or name it after him. And DeMar, the same way. Uh, Just coming back and getting on the field was a lot more impressive to me than anything that Joe Flacco did.
1: And last one for me, your final prediction for this game, and why does uh, that team win?
2: Yeah, I I think ultimately this game's going to come down to experience. I I think the Chiefs just have so much of it. Um, The 49ers, I I honestly, I mean, maybe I'm I'm misreading it, but I just feel like that there's a lot of uh, false bravado coming from the 49ers this week. They really seem to... Have a chip on their shoulder, and maybe that's good for them. But I've just seen a, a lot of displays this week that, to me, just doesn't feel like a, an experienced team that's that's ready for a Super Bowl. And you know, this this Chiefs team has has been in it before, and they're not going to be afraid if they get down. Um, I, I just feel like they've got too much experience to let this one slip away. And I know how badly these guys want that third ring. So I think the Chiefs get it done. I think their defense is just is, is too much on fire right now. This team. I think he's playing his best football of the year. I'm not convinced that the 49ers during their playoff run are playing their best football. I'm going to go with the Chiefs 23-10.
1: Yeah, let me, I, I meant to ask you this one as the last one. Sorry about that. Um, Andy Reid, if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, do you think he hits Belichick level?
2: I think he's got a chance because, I mean, you take a look at this roster and this quarterback. I mean, a Super Bowl is a possibility every single year. So he gets three rings. Needs three more. I, I mean, I wouldn't rule it against him. I mean, especially, I mean, you give him five more years, he's got three rings in the last five already. So three and five more, I mean, that would be even more impressive than what Belichick
1: did. So, with, and without cheating. <laughs> well, there's been no,
2: yeah, there's been, there's been no gates of any sort with Andy uh-huh. Reid yet. So,
1: and I can't, I can't
2: even imagine the word gate and Andy Reid being associated together.
1: Nah, listen, I, I don't understand the hate for the Chiefs. Uh, they're a very likable team, to me, in my opinion. I know people have this hate towards Taylor Swift at the beginning of the season. I was like, ugh. But now I'm, I love the fact that everybody gets pissed off about it, so I'm with it. Uh, but this team, compared to the Patriots, I don't understand the Patriots dynasty. How anybody can hate this Kansas City Chiefs team, unless you're a Raider fan.
2: I, I don't get it either. I mean, you know, I hey, uh, hey Brady always had that aloof factor thing going and um, just, Outside of New England, I didn't think he ever was really popular or anybody embraced him. I just don't know how anybody could not like Mahomes. I mean, he is so down-to-earth and so normal. And, you know, he, 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 had, he like he said this week, I mean, he's like, I don't necessarily like being the villain, but if everybody hates the guy that, you know, wins, then he's like, I'm okay with it because I like winning.
1: Yeah, he embraced it. Matt, Derek, thanks for the time. Enjoy the Super Bowl and get home safe afterwards.
2: I appreciate it. Great talking to you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails.